What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host for the day, Adol Aaron Lloyd, and I'm joined by Adol Aaron Lloyd. <laughs> uh, it's a one-man show tonight. I didn't really want to go a week without an episode because I have a few thoughts on Backlash that I want to discuss. I'm not sure if this episode will be entirely long, but there was a couple of things I just wanted to get off my chest. So if you haven't been with us before, I will play for you our rating system. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Alright, thank you, Howard R.I.P. It was nice seeing you at Backlash hearing you at Backlash, by the way. I did appreciate that. So my overall rating on Backlash, once again, we talked about this on a week-to-week basis now. It's hard to judge these arena sh- these empty arena shows because of the fact there's no a lot, not a lot of reactions to anything. But since I'll just give my rating, I'm going to give it a slobberknocker, and that's what I've given, just, I think, just about every pay-per-view we had since everything's been shut down for the most part. But I'm going to go, since I don't have a co-host, I'm going to go right into the matches. So... Edge and Randy Orton, was it the greatest Russian match ever? No, but it was a damn good match. Now, I understand the piped in noises were cheesy, but like I said last week, one of the reasons this match was going to fail and to reach a tagline of the greatest wrestling match ever is because there was no legit crowd reaction. And cheesy or not, WWE rectified that. I thought the crowd noises helped the match, even though it was funny watching... The crowd, like the piped in chairs and the NXT audience, just like not reacting to it. I gotta admit, it was funny to see that, but no matter how it looked, it didn't take away take away from anything that happened in that ring because I felt that they told an excellent story, and that's what I was talking about last week. I thought the story will, story would be there no matter what, and you kind of gotta think if there were actually fans in the you know in the audience that this match would get better praise than it has because I've seen mixed reviews on this match. Some people love the match. Some people hate the match. Some people just complaining about the piped in cheers, but you got to appreciate what the match was because I really, I thought it was a really good match. And I like the fact that they actually put emphasis on the wrestling part. Like early in the match, there was a spot where edge was doing countless hip tosses and Orton telegraphed it in, just let Edge fall, so he or encountered it and stopped in his tracks. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be a real wrestling match. And uh, I thought Samoa Joe played an excellent role and a huge role in this match on commentary because him being the in ring worker, he understands what's going on. For an instance, uh, Orton was going for his signature backbreaker, but commentary explained it wasn't his just his usual backbreaker. It was the way he had Edge positioned. It was to hurt Edge's neck and not his back. And the psychology in this match I thought was excellent too because even though Orton worked on Edge's neck, 
we also remember Randy Orton had shoulder shoulder issues, and Edge was going right for Orton's shoulder throughout this match. I thought the psychology was there. The still the stealing of the finishers that was fun, and uh, it's hard to. It's hard to edge wrestling now in the climate. It's hard to judge wrestling now that the climate we're in because there are no fans. But I truly believe your fandom is really going to be tested at this point in time. Take away the crowd noise, like I said, and add a real crowd. I think the match would have been perceived better by the internet because of the mixed reactions that I've seen personally. I'm curious to see what you guys think. I've seen people say, oh, it was a three out of five, a three and a half out of five. Some people gave it a four and a half out of five. It's just a, a bit of a mixed reaction. Not to say, not, not, those, not, not like those numbers are bad numbers for a match, but it already had a high tagline to look up to as the greatest wrestling match ever. And something I said last week too is, uh, with the story as far as Randy Orton half-assing it and just going through the motions. That's been my biggest knock on Randy Orton for years because when you see Randy Orton, you can see sometimes he just like just shows up at the RKO and goes home. And in his storylines, he just might not be invested at all. But this story that Edge, Edge and Randy Orton had told have told especially with Randy Orton admitting to phoning it in and just half-assing it. I think it's a really good story. And we kind of got to sit there and think to ourselves, you know, it's been a rough year to judge wrestling. And at the end of the year, it's going to be hard to kind of do these award shows, I I feel. But honestly, in WWE, who's been better than Randy Orton, really? You know, we got Drew Galloway as the world champion. He had his moment at WrestleMania with no fans in attendance. Apollo Crews had a good year. Um, but, oh, it's also Seth Rollins had a good year. But it's like, you got to think to yourself, like, Randy Orton is n- no doubt a contender for Superstar of the Year for the end of the year. Top five right now in wrestling. And, and you can't debate that. He's been excellent. And I'm not sure if this Ric Flair thing is actually going to last, but you got to think with edge being out for the rest of the year with a torn tricep muscle, you got to think, are they positioning Orton to face drew Galloway? And that's something I'll be interested to see, especially if he's aligned himself with Ric Flair. And with this version of Randy Orton, I think him and drew McIntyre would have an excellent feud and it'll be good for McIntyre, especially if McIntyre goes over or if they put the title on Orton, like that's something I'll be actually interested to see because I think that'll be another stepping stone for McIntyre if they decide to put McIntyre over Orton. So what we'll, we'll have to see because I'm not sure what's next for, for Orton because Edge is out. So we'll have to see. And speaking of the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre, he defeated Bobby Lashley. And I thought this was a, a real good match uh, from the initial start. I love Lashley locking in the full Nelson right before the match officially started. And my biggest takeaway from this entire match, and it happened on Monday Night on Raw when Bobby asked Lana for a divorce. And I'm going to say, thank God for it, first of all, but we're we going to throw Lana and her wigs in the tub, get get them, get them, her and them shits out of here. L- Lana has been useless over the past few years. She just seems to bring everybody down. She brought Rusev down. She brought Rusev Day down. And now she brought Bobby Lashley down because that whole, other than the initial uh, reveal of them being together on television last September or October, whenever it was, she's done nothing for him at all. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Bob Lashley fan, but like my God, that did no favors for him at all. And 
I'm just glad that this whole thing looks seems to be over and Lana could just drift wherever she's going to be because she has not helped this thing at all and she hasn't helped anybody at all. And I'm real curious to see what they're actually going to do with her in the foreseeable in the foreseeable future. She they tease something with Natty, maybe she does something with Natty, but I Lana's brought nothing to television in the past few years. And another thing I'm intrigued about when it comes to MVP. And Bob's pairing is there was a backstage segment on WB.com on in on a YouTube page with Shell and Benjamin. And MVP says, I'll get you another shot at Apollo and the US title. And I know with the climate we're in, this would be like WB kind of maybe you could say capitalize on the situation or whatever. But me personally, I think it's time for a nice, strong black stable in the WWE. Now, the key word is strong, stable WWE, not just to do it, just to do it. I mean, like, six, make them successful, make them have wins, make them have meaningling, make them have meaningful storylines. I think that's what needs to be done if you want to actually go in that direction. He's had interaction with the Street Profits and Apollo Crews as well. But I would love to see a, a black stable in WWE and them booked properly and booked strong because I think that's what... The company actually needs at this point. It's been a while since we've seen a, a strong black stable in WWE. I was rewatching. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was King of the Ring '97 or '97 where Farouk challenged the Undertaker, and the shot of the Nation at the time was amazing. Like that was amazing to actually see. Like that gimmick that over with all those members of in the group. It was nice to see, and something like that, I think we can use that today. It won't be to the effects of the nation, but I really would enjoy seeing a strong black stable in WWE. I really would. Let's get to the women's division. Asuka and Nia Jax, they fought to a double count of that backlash, and Asuka defeated her on Raw Monday night. And next week, Asuka defend the women's title against, drum roll please, Ashley fucking Flair. Now, I don't hate Charlotte. She's an amazing athlete and an amazing performer. But Lord have mercy, can somebody else be put in a position to succeed? Like, you bring up Bianca Belair. She's been relegated to main event. You have up Liv Morgan for months just for some shit storyline with Lana. And you do nothing with her. And you brought up Shayna Baszler and Vince reportedly hates her look, which I 100% agree. I don't like her look either. But... She's booked to be a legit badass. And I just, at TakeOver, I believe they said this was Charlotte at the time. It was Charlotte's 66th championship match. So Monday Night Raw be our 67th. I just want someone else elevated. Attempt to make a new star. The key word is attempt. If you attempt and it fails and I don't like it or I see other people don't like it, okay. But the key word in this is attempt. I want to see someone attempted to be made a star. I talked about this a little bit before WrestleMania. Will Rhea Ripley beat beat Charlotte Flair? And did we attempt to make a new star? Or were they just going to try to boost up NXT with the Charlotte Flair name? And they they chose to boost up the NXT brand with the Charlotte Flair name. For once, can y'all try to make a star? 
Like it, it's kind of like you, they, it's like they. I understand they have their their top their top players, or whatever. But it's like it's like I understand like Charlotte Flair is like their their Hogan of the women's division. But book somebody else to succeed, and somebody beating Charlotte Flair that you don't expect, or the person that you think is the next person beating Charlotte Flair, is a big deal. Is it possible that they don't have the top the top? The next top woman star, absolutely. I understand that they're scrambling because of the Becky Lynch pregnancy thing, and Charlotte and Oscar are 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 going to be the next to that fight forever. But can we please get an attempt to get somebody else the hell up in there? Because I, I don't hate Charlotte, but give me something else. Women's tag team titles: Sasha Banks and Bailey. They defeat. The Iconics, Bailey, and the Iconics, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and on NXT they defeated Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. Before I go into the details, Sasha Banks has been flourishing in the last few weeks. My God, the past few months, let me say that. My God, Gorilla. But it's a shame that these titles are just a stopgap for the Sasha and Bailey feud. Because I thought the triple match, the triple threat match at Backlash was excellent, and the match on NXT I thought was really good. And the mat, the problem with these women's tag team titles, it's not the match quality because I've championed a lot of these matches that they've had. The Night of Champions match between Bliss and Cross and the Kabuki Warriors, I championed. I championed the WrestleMania, the WrestleMania match between the same two teams. It's just the fact that there's no emphasis on this division. WWE's investment in this division is real low. WWE, WWE doesn't care about their own damn right, men's tag team division. So. They should, they're going to care less about the men's tag team division. And I do believe the Iconics are going to be the next champions. They're going to challenge uh, Sasha and Bailey on Raw. I think that'll end in DQ, and the Iconics end up winning at, at Extreme Rules. But remember the last time they were the tag team champions? Remember how little they invested in them? Remember how they didn't defend the titles? Remember how they were relegated to main event all the time? You can't do that. Like when Blit, when Oscar and Kyrie Sane were champions, they were on TV regular because Oscar is on the top of WWE's radar. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss is on the top of WWE's radar. The way Sasha and Bailey are carrying the titles now is what's best for the best for the titles and their focal points on WWE television. But they need to make tag teams and show some investment. They, they, like we saw a lot of one-time combinations. We saw the fabulous glow and Carmella and Naomi at the initial Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, the Crown of Champions. We saw Tamina and Nia Jax. We saw Carmella and Dana Brooke. Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo, they were teased for a little bit. And in NXT, we have Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai and Ra- Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. That's it. And it's like you can make these belts so much more important. If you want to get some more people on TV, just actually make these combinations. Don't just throw them together. And I do not understand. Well, I do understand. Let me take that back. If you want to make these titles succeed and feel important, you have to have these tag teams and put them in positions to succeed. Because I think the women's division as a whole can be better. For example, I wouldn't be mad to see Charlotte in the women's tag team division with a tag team partner. I wouldn't be mad at that because it takes us away from the singles title. Charlotte has not been in the women's tag team title, women's tag team division, other than one time last last December at TLC when she teamed up with Becky Lynch. I would not be opposed to Charlotte challenging for the women's tag team titles. I wouldn't. 
But you got oh, well, 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 let me stop right there. Who knows? That's probably when they'll actually invest in it. Cause Charlotte's there. I, I can hear Vince now saying, hey, la, la, we, 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 we gotta get this the women tag team titles off. Yeah. They're all Charlotte in there. Like, I, I can see Vince doing that. If that's what it takes, Vince, then do that. Because I'm all for these women's tag team titles being set up to succeed. And at the top of the show, I said that was going to be quick. It's just me tonight, guys. I said it was going to be quick. I said I didn't have a bunch of thoughts. Now, next now next weekend for July, we got a pretty fun show packed, I believe. We have, we're going to preview fight. We're going to discuss Fire Festival a little bit throughout the month of July. And next week, Pass should be back. So next week's all about King of the Ring 96. On the 30th, it's all about Vengeance 2003. On July 7th, Fully Loaded 1999. July 14th, Extreme Rules Preview. The 21st, Extreme Rules Review. And on the July 30th, it's all about Canadian Stampede 1997. So a lot of fun stuff coming up in the next month. I hope you guys enjoyed this short little video, the short little audio of my thoughts on Backlash. And make sure to rate, subscribe, and comment. Subscribe on all podcast platforms. Head over to WhatImManeuver.net for your Mad Madness gear. And head over to our YouTube channel to check out our interviews with the superstars of the future. And also, if you're into figures, head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMADNESS for 10% off your order. So that's it for tonight, guys. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd. And I will see you guys next week.